So, everything looks menacing, and I'm here. What's, what's his name? His name is Horace. Horace. Horace, don't you know I am the son of Ra? <laughs> Ain't nobody going to catch that reference. You got to know the note. My horse, you can't shake yourself <laughs> off of me, man. Man, what you... Horace, ain't nothing inside this bike. So, Horace sitting down and chilling. Yeah. We look good. Actually, it's a good cold opening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's go at it. So, welcome to another episode of Everything Cool. We, you know, we always like to do different things at different places at different times. And we are now at the lovely establishment of Home Studios. I like how y'all, you played the boom off the home in a way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, how we, that's how we say it. Home. Home, home of the boom. Like, mm. So, you know, before we introduce our illustrious guests, and boy, you're in for a treat today. <laughs> hey, just keep your eye on that vibe for when I call it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so, you know, it's the niggas of Nassau, TV and the GOAT, St. Anton Alexander, Laura Jalen Willard, coming to you again on another episode of Everything Cool. Joined by. Man, well, you ain't got to get it now. So, we, we got the usual suspect, the party of one. In the back, the yeah. party. <laughs> right. <laughs> the party of what? Uh, this, the one man party, not the one man band. We have PG Ovani, aka. PG, a.k.a. PG-13, a.k.a. PG-13, a.k.a. your favorite non Bay, a.k.a. Hidden in Plain Sight, a.k.a. Bruh, a.k.a. Too Many AKAs. A.k.a. Too Many AKAs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and to the right of me, we have the world famous. Duh. Would you say you world famous? <laughs> Man, you world famous to a certain Some, degree. Yeah, somebody else in the world know your stuff. So. At least you yeah. on Spotify and Apple Music, so you technically sort of world famous. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to call it, <laughs> I wouldn't say I, it, but if other people say it, I hey, guess it works. Fame can be subjective. Fame so. can be subjective, but <laughs> please introduce yourself, sir. My name is Sherwood Raming. Uh, I usually don't like to talk too much about myself, so. Mm, that's it. You let everybody else do it for you. That's how it's supposed to be. And then we're joined by Horace at the below of us. <laughs> <laughs> He's cleaning himself right now. The true star of the show. <laughs> the true star of the show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So... You know, typically when we start every show, we like to uh, start off with the Bayman word phrase, the saying of the day. Okay. And we like, most of the times we like to give our guests the, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? The pleasure of choosing what the word, phrase, or saying of the day is going to be. So I, I just pick a Bayman yep. word or phrase. Or saying. <laughs> uh Krabby. 
<laughs> Did we have a crowd before? I think we mentioned it in when we had our Bahamian Saints episode. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't a guess word. But that, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. For <laughs> for the international viewers. Actually, I like that you picked that. <laughs> for the international viewers, please tell them what that word means. Krabi would be like the <laughs> Bahamian uh, derogatory equivalent to a woman's vagina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it derogatory? I, I yeah. mean, you can't I say it in school. Right. Yeah. Like, you can't <laughs> say you it, it. In, uh, Even though it's colloquialism, you think it's derogatory for Yeah, you. it's derogatory. Because <laughs> I was, I was sort of conflicted by using certain terminology by us, like it, the joking and right itself, and I got to get that <laughs> off. So, you know. All right, so the Bayman word of the day is crubby. I remember Dan- I said that Daniel was all smiling and nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Daniel. <laughs> so let's get into it. So I remember coming back home in 2017, I saw a bunch of whole new host of Bayman artists. I'm like, where the hell all y'all come from? And... Like, probably like a year later, I saw you was celebrating the anniversary of your, that was your debut album, Sherry. Right. So I was like, okay. And then um, some people put me on to the music and I was listening to us like, but it's good, Salt bro. And then, you know, just getting re-ingratiated into the scene, you was one of the prominent names that kept on coming up along with so many others. So talk us through like your early beginnings and getting into music and then um, going up to where you release Sherry. Yeah. Uh, I got into music kind of late after high school. Didn't do any kind of music in high what school. What school you went to? I went to Charles W. Saunders Baptist High School. Oh, we have another alumni. <laughs> oh, because Yeah, because Trey, yeah, Trey yeah, yeah. come from that school too. Yeah. Interesting. Miller was the principal at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle back Miller. Back to back. <laughs> back to back. Not on tour. Mini tour. Because <laughs> two musical artists do. Yeah. So that really is a musical school. Trey was It ain't lion. though. It really ain't. <laughs> like, like, actually, couple, well, um, uh, another guy, Drew, Drew, Bones, he was he oh, yeah, Bones, yeah, yeah. But I think he just calls us Drew now. Yeah. Drew now, right. Um he, he he from BBC too. He from Oh wow. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I I wasn't into music in high school, but after high school, you know, I got into I guess the real life workforce. Mm. All my life I've been working for my old man, he's doing construction. But like after a while I got tired of that. Just because, you know, family tension and mm. whatever. Uh and when I started working like other jobs i was using writing and poetry as a way to vent just figure myself out uh and it kind of compelled me to dabble into production to be able to make instrumentals for the things that i writing for okay and then they turn into songs you know you start off with your little trash songs and uh, <laughs> uh um and i put together an ep like maybe in 2018 no not that's, 2018. That's yeah. what. That's before. Like it's in twenty. Tw- be before. Uh, um, I mean, 2013, yeah. 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, that shouldn't be able to be found on the internet. It was hard by. <laughs> to me, I mean, but everything you do in the past. Yeah, yeah as an yeah. artist, like, yeah, you, know, right. you, you have really critique yourself, yeah. so you be like, eh, because it's old stuff I've done like ten years ago. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like yeah. that. I ain't gonna say it's bad. Yeah, but you it was an experience of me. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was from there where I just was kind of doing my do, writing my feelings and thoughts and concerns and trying to make music out of it just for me. Uh, and it coming into Sherry was mostly like just that, but more so focused on the relationships that I was having at the time, mm. um, figuring out myself and that dynamic, like questioning my my ideology on life and love and romance and all that stuff. And, you know, Sherry was a thing. Interesting. So coming to that part, because Sherry is a very album, is when I was making my notes. Look at me getting these things. <laughs> When I was making my notes, I was like, and then, you know, I like to, don't, I ain't going in my phone text and I go in to find the notes. So, boom. So when I was going through my notes, I was like, and your whole discography, it, it seems like it goes in different phases and we get into that a little bit later on. Okay. So coming into Sherry, Sherry is more so like, wait, I was a conk my whole life and now I trying to change. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, I call it the the simp to a pimp, like because it's like it start off you simping and then <laughs> it's now it's like okay I understand I ain't gonna be no cunk no more. Right, then. I I feel like that's a good way to to look at it from uh -huh. just like top of the track to uh, to the bottom end of the the track list. Yeah, um, because it's kind of like that vibe where you you look at relationships and life like oh you know. You like this. This person is supposed to be like this. Mm. Lovey-dovey, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, you find out that, I guess, the way people might be seeing it ain't the way that you seeing it. Yeah. And it don't vibe the way you thought it was going to vibe. And then you're kind of trying to figure out all of that. And along with that, it's just like, for me, I should say, mm -hmm. um, a kind of zen understanding that beneath all that superficial love stuff is, like, the real, uh, can I be into you but be able to appreciate you mm -hmm. as you are accept who you are xyz figure out if we could vibe if we can't vibe like a more mature way of looking at things mm -hmm. as opposed to just i like you and if you like me then you could be mine and that means i own you mm. so that's where you know your hits i would you call it sudden a hit your hit single for off that project yeah, I call it a... Because I was like, you know, when I heard Sajin, I was like, no more Sajin over these guys. I was yeah. like, all right, I can feel this. I mean, by the time Sherry would have come on 2017, I probably I was out of my kunk phase. And I, and <laughs> yeah, like, was, we did a whole podcast on, like, what is a kunk phase? And I, I, and I have this certain parameter. So for women, it's, it's like just like high volume on, but but kunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is coming... <laughs> Yeah, it's something like that. We we get into a lot of my theories and theology. Okay, but kung season basically I classify as when uh, and I do this for women. Women is sixteen to twenty three, and men is eighteen to twenty three. Because you know women tend to sort of date older, so they start sort of getting in the mix younger. And normally during this phase is your college years, right? So this is the time to experiment, try to find yourself. Now, after 21, 22, 23, you don't need to be no kunk no more. You can't be 28 years old and still be in a kunk. Boy, it's like, you'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like, wait, it's like, okay, 
I understand. Okay, 18, you go to college. 19, 20, 21. Okay, cool. You do your first four years. And then probably 22, 23, some people sort of graduate a little bit later and you getting your feet wet in the workforce. But by the age, like 23 going to 24, you can't be no cunk no more. So you can't be setting over a woman. Like, you should already learn your lessons already. I, I, I want to say, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but I disagree. <laughs> I feel like... Think about it. Most people don't even have the, uh, I guess, the emotional op- intelligence. Right. That's a good one to to form significant and long lasting enough relationships. They don't have to be long lasting, but significant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they say it takes. They say businesses fail within the first five years. Okay. Like a lot of businesses fail within the first five years, more times right. than not. Yeah. Like that's the same thing for relationships. How often do you see relationships you get to five years? So if you in your twenties, you ain't ever reach a five year relationship. Of course, you spend at least all those times being a cunt. So you need yeah. to you need to probably get like a solid couple year relationship to learn from, and that might fail too. And then you might not be a cunt no more after that. I get that, but my retort to that is okay. If we look at it like okay. So women naturally develop faster, men to the fact that our frontal lobe don't even develop until the age of 24. Okay. So so by the time you get to 24, 25, you start focusing on chasing women. Now you're trying to f- establish yourself in your career, finances, and things like that because you're like, okay, 30 almost in. I, I can't be doing this little boy thing until 30. So that's when the seriousness is. So that's why I say it should be a shift in mentality by around that time because it's like- I feel like. You shouldn't be still doing this thing because it's like, all right, you can be hot boy on the block or whatever and you still living home with Jim and me and you ain't have no advancements in your career. You ain't know what you want to do because yeah. you ain't getting no younger and women ain't going to take you more serious because the more older they get, the more that they want and the less they settle for. True. So, Very true. you know, so that's just my whole, you, it is more serious. Okay, so you're really sherry. Um, you had my boy shot for on like doing some of the um the skits on there. Yeah. Um I worked with him on the collect documentary and he did the voiceover and things like that for the doc. So I was like, yeah, it was like, you know, a real behemoth story from a behemoth mill standpoint mm-hmm. of like, yeah, you know, you simping and sudging. Because I, I've been through those feelings like when I was or the earlier part of the twenty tens. Because okay. it's like, you know, you just come in high school, you probably, you know, me, I was a loser in high school, so I, I'm a label on I feel like. <laughs> so it's like, you know, being friends on and all these things. So I think that album really relates. So what what are some of the up and downs that you had, you know, coming on the scene, being a Bahamian artist? And, you know, I think it was unique what you did to celebrate the anniversary of your debut album by sort of redoing some re-release and having you know events around it right. and the market and the promotion so take mm-hmm. us through um like BAM and artistry for me or artistry in the Bahamas I should say mm. is it could be a task you know mm. artistry anywhere could be a task mm. you know art is one of those things where it's like everybody loves it but most people don't throw money at it mm. so at the end of the day everybody just kind of want to do art all day and hope that they could eat but, you know, you got jobs and responsibilities and other things that sometimes you got to prioritize. So, uh, for me, I would say, <clears throat> I wouldn't say luckily, I was able to put myself in a position where I could, to, to a large degree, be around music often enough mm-hmm. 
that is like the established studio and make that my job so that I could be right next to the music and when I have ideas I could put it down mm. um but like so putting together share anniversary is what I what I call it mm-hmm. that was it was a solid experience but it was also like ugh, like so much to do mm. I got to plan this I got to pay for this I got to make sure the musicians get paid and and all that stuff and that's the kind of um I I I think aspect of artistry that a lot of people don't maybe don't even get to but also don't see cuz people just see the events but everybody got to get paid behind it or at least I want everybody to get paid behind it yeah, um I don't want nobody no money behind it uh, and I want to make sure everybody has a good time um so artistry as a Bahamian is is a dynamic but I think you've been the the few that has figured out a way how to monetize your art I'm glad it looks that way. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, it might not be you no know, big epic thing because but it's some people that just make music, put in a lot of money in music and don't see a dime. That's true. At least you might see a dollar fifty or yeah, yeah, three yeah. dollars. Sometimes a couple of dollars yeah. in So like but it's some people that see zero. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. And and I've always been a proponent, like, you know, you have to especially in today's world where it's an oversaturation. Mm-hmm. and like everybody trying to make music because just how before probably 50 years or probably even 20 years ago you're gonna make a home studio or whatever because you'd be like but this board too expensive this yeah. monitor too expensive yeah. but now it's like everything easily accessible so if you could do it it's a thousand other people think oh i could slap a bunch of stuff together because i got the money and resources and then make music However, so now you have to get extra creative with the marketing and promotions right. and things like that yeah so, you know, that's why I think, and I think, P, I, yeah, PG went to the Sherry anniversary because I think he was telling me about it at that time. I don't know why I couldn't, I probably was working something. I don't know. Oh, like you, you, yeah, you, I think, didn't you go, so you went? Don't lie, now. Because <laughs> I don't know, I think I was boring your camera or something, because I know I talked to you about something around that time. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, around, like, you know, so even putting on your own concert, because everybody be like, oh, I'm going to wait until the promoter comes by. It ain't going <laughs> <laughs> So, like, you know, even with, um, not shot for, Sean Ash does, like, you know, when he used to have his, like, little concerts in the underground right. or whatever, and, like, people started being like, all right, we ain't gonna wait until someone put an event on for us and invite us to perform in that No, we gonna contact the venue ourselves, arrange it, market it, organize it, reach out to people, have some paraphernalia, different other, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not merchandise? Pro- merchandise, some different merch, yeah. sell that, and then that's how I sort of just not only be the artist, but I turn into the business person too. Yeah, like you kind of gotta be, especially when you at Ground Zero, mm-hmm. which is one of the stressful parts about it, uh, because like like you say, you wearing all these hats, but then you also, uh, in most cases, clocking into a job to to supplement that to yeah. begin with. Mm-hmm. So to wear you know your nine to five hat, and then also wear the hat of the marketer, uh, the event the event planner. The, the artists, mm. the organizer, and all that stuff is like, eh, you know? But it's, it's necessary because mm. who could do it for you? Like, who could make the 
Who the hell is that? <laughs> Y'all want me answer? Yeah. Live on the podcast. Everything cool is always getting interesting. <laughs> oh, we keeping this inside there too. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Oh man. Um, where it was? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, what you just described is what people now just in general gonna have to do, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like because you can just work a nine to five and think everything and be said. You're gonna have to have like a side hustle. Yep. Like especially if you wanna be abundant in any kind of way mm. you know nine to five could crash just like it did yeah all pandemic like uh, yeah niggas, niggas was home mm-hmm. uh, so but you got to make it happen one way or another and artistry is no different uh sometimes like i say more difficult because you know you can't even do shows if if the world stop and they say no events so niggas ain't been able to do sensible shows for a minute you kind of could do it now but yeah there's still hair, feet. There's a little party. Yeah, right. some, people, some people still like in mind and getting people shut down. Uh, yeah, that's that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but I like that we took a turn. So how has the pandemic affect things for you in general? Um, like, Definitely put like a slow, a pause, not a pause, like slow down my studio traffic. Because, okay. you know. Love. Niggas need money to come to the studio. Yeah. And if niggas ain't making money because they inside, you know, I can't make money because niggas ain't coming to record like that. Yeah. Um, so slow it down there. Uh, I try to do a couple other things to to make my life, um, I guess, cool. Okay. Because so, I see you took up somewhat like Muay Thai. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I dabble in a little bit of Muay Thai. Um, and I also have a partnership with my trainer uh, as like... More fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. More fire. So so we do that. Uh kickboxing Muay Thai lessons and that's a like fluctuating thing as well. Once again, pandemic vibes. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess things slowing down really give me an opportunity to also just dabble into some things that I wanted to really get into too. Like okay. app development and Okay. So you know. So app development. So crew you would just create um uh, your own app or just in general like like in general like okay. i want to be able to say oh there should be an app that does bop 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 and mm-hmm. then i make it or at least be able to fund it you know yeah because <laughs> so like you know the i mean everybody's been affected by 20 even if we since we in 2021 and halfway through 2021 a lot of us still feeling the effects of all them lockdowns last year. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's, I don't think it ever will be, we ever be the same because you still have, I mean, I could, you could call it trauma to an extent, but it's like, you know, your mind sort of shifted in that downtime to where you had to stay still. Yeah. For even for the first two months, like from that March to that May, yeah. it's like, okay, you had to sit still and this was your rally and you never forget this. And they will always keep back to, Certain things you had to face in your quiet times and things like that. Horrors all over the set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's 
that's facts. Um, for me, yeah. like, uh, like I like I say sometimes, I've been social distancing before the pandemic. Me so. too. <laughs> so I, like, for me, it ain't really throw me out of whack. Uh-huh. It throw me out of the swing of some of the motions, but it ain't like, I, I here in this house and I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah, that that ain't really me. Like I'll. I always doing something and mm-hmm. I'm usually by myself. But I understand how for a lot of people who ain't used to that, yeah. That that could definitely fuck with them. I think it's uh it's I mean I think artists really could deal with it because like when I get and start writing and editing and right. working on a part, like I would be like, All right, I just need a no light space, chill vibe, no one bother me and be in there for hours to like, you know, sort of cook what I coming out and then it's like all right i might take a break then come back think you know so i think but for the most part everybody was like oh my goodness i ready to touch the road yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta gotta stay home now. yeah yeah it's like bro you don't be home <laughs> yeah because i saw you make quarantine choruses yeah and that was just yeah. uh an attempt at some content throughout the yeah, and you started like doing the ig yeah stuff trying to get more and so it's like we know, usually in, in almost in anything, it doesn't even got to be creative no more. Mm-hmm. In any medium, like any business, you can't you can't have to make content to show people so they can know they choose to do a thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, I I want to be up on that, but then even that is like, I like to make stuff, but, but I don't always like to record or document it yeah. because it is like it's two minds. It's like the documenting mind and then the making mind, mm-hmm. and then. Then I, I fucking with the flow of me making by having to pay attention to me documenting it. Yeah. So that's how it came about, and that's also how it was inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, because you probably made it feel like, bro, I forcing myself having to do this. Yeah. And this don't just come natural. Yeah. But that's so understandable because I saw it because I was like, okay, um, it probably it felt like you went silent for a while. Yeah. And then. Like when I was going through your IG, it was like, oh, you have all these stories, like flaw, but then it was like you stopped that after like February, March of this year. Yeah. And that's that's something I like I say, um, I I wanna be more consistent, but I also don't always feel like showing what I doing. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I have somebody following me around with a camera, I I might care less. Interesting, interesting. So, we about to take a quick short break and jump back in on the next side of everything cool. And we got, you know, Tropsy time coming up. <laughs> yeah, yes. Hi, this is your favorite zaddy, Lord Jalen Willard from Everything Cool. And this episode is sponsored by uh, Nobody. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Everything Cool, feel free to email us at the original people network at gmail.com or you can slide in our dms on instagram at the original people network or on facebook the original people network now back to your scheduled programming and we're back you know cool vibes at home studios i really like the ambiance of this place like just from just looking at it visually i mean we have it a little bright inside i guess you know we want the cameras to see diamond face (laughs) so you know um but after quarantine choruses 
And I loved Sherry for what it was. But the two new the smooth things really stood out because it was like, it was like, you know, it, it felt like an evolution of Sherry almost. Because now, like what we was talking about, uh, how Sherry was the simp to pimp story. Yeah. Shmoon thinks was more so Isaac Gallus now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was telling PGS, like, wait, this way is make honey mind music, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so t- I'll take it. So I was like, wait, because I was like, and I was like singing, especially like, um, well, more so this plant, and I was like, this is so, so catchy. And I was like, I wonder if he put this out yet on, on Spotify. And I was like, keep on humming it for February, this plant. And I was like, let me see if this is on Spotify. And then I just started jamming it in the car, and I was like, but it's a vibe. And then I started listening to that because I heard like snippets on your IG about it. Mm. And I was like, yeah, this would be perfect. But let's get into you coming up because I, again, doing my research. That way was a more older song, which you had put to the side and right. Yeah, yeah the way was a yeah. song. Actually, you could pass me that from. I don't even know when, like maybe twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Yeah. This was sitting up, um, and I kind of, like I say, was just thinking. Let me flip it. Uh, see if I could bring it into the space that I was playing around in creatively most recently. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of Afro Caribbean vibes. Just seeing how I can make it new and fresh. Yeah, and I saw my boy, Mr. Jermaine Taylor. I just bumped into him over the weekend. Him and Kendra. I went to school with them. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then it was like you had very interesting promotions again. I was like, this boy onto something, like you know. And <laughs> I was like, I had to stop off to the, the grocery store because <laughs> I was like, okay, with the way this guy. Hold on. <laughs> Cause you know everything cool and everything cool until I do my thing. Yeah, horse about that life. Horse about that life. You know that. All right, so this man had a whole like corn for the weight, and it was like that's what caught me first. Cause I was like, bro, I see this way he had on the promo video, the corn and then the grit. So I was like, so you know, for the ladies out there. I ain't grind the corn yet, but to say you gotta have to bring it a hold that you know, cause I want you to assume that I already do the do without you. That's so why. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and then I was like, okay, okay, and then like because I was like, yo, this this is dope, cause if you want people to look at your music, it seems like you had a lot of like creative style behind that to where. You're like, okay, I'm going to put out these two tracks. This could be a little like mini EP, but I'm going to have the visuals to go with. Even if it ain't a music video, it's just like, bro, these clips and these hands and this aesthetic. So what was the inspiration behind that? The inspiration really came kind of... Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Uh, So for the way, the inspiration for that was like while I was making it, Uh um, Abby and I were were together in the studio and I was like, it would be solid if I could have a Rodney Monka skit just talking about it and then she just was like that exists yeah and then i go on and then i when, when we stitch it in i was like yeah no this is perfect and mm. you know we talking about grinding the concert just like just put that that idea together and of course you got to make it look a little more suggestive so yeah. that's kind of what we did on camera um and for the um this plant and kind of like Similar vibe, just you know, you talking about the planting, so yeah, the planting, and then yeah. you know, because it's, it's this planting, it's like you, I, 
fresh produce. <laughs> Green. <laughs> right. No, no, this. He said, this plant didn't bring all the gals to the house. I know about yours. That ain't my business. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so he, I was like, this man, you must know a lot about agriculture. <laughs> your family. Uh, you must have farmers in your family. <laughs> I guess somewhere down the line, I must. Uh, well, yeah, okay. And then this planting is something that you was more so probably working on, from my guesstimation, working on first. And then it's sort of like, okay, I like the direction I'm going with this planting. Let me go get this next song and sort of get it in the same vein. Wait, I. I think the way happened first. I did the way first. I'm almost certain I did the way first. Like I refreshed it, and then, like I say, um, in one of the vlogs, I kind of just was couldn't sleep one night, or at least woke up in the middle of the night, and I was thinking about Kalisa's. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah, so a great rendition. Then just just re re framing that into like my version. Mm was kind of like how that came about and then when they came down to put the visuals together it's like cool these are two you know agricultural base yeah kind of agriculture and then you you come with the whole farmer boy um, yeah yeah now, hold on i zoom in right there on this camera he say is this planting bring all the girls to the yards i don't know about yours but it ain't my business it's this you see how fresh like this <laughs> Well, it got a little prune or whatever, but it's still green, still firm. How robust <laughs> it is. It's this planting. All right. So, and then even with that, it was like, all the girls' hands. And it was like. Yeah, that was fun, too, because all the guys was like laughing while they rubbing up the plant. <laughs> some, some machine, because I was like, hey, I want you to rub it just like yeah. you would rub. And, you know? And then, uh, and then was, they playing rock, paper, scissors, shoot, yeah. or whatever. And I was like. Because I probably listen to those two songs at least like two, three times a week. That's dope. Or oh, whatever, like, you know, just running that up. Because I was like, so I was like, after, because what I was playing it for? I played it for a couple, I was playing it for my friend Carsonique on a holiday, and she was like, hold on, what'd he say? <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, but he, like, it's really suggestive. It takes me back, and then going through your blogs, you wanted to uh, not make. You know, make sort of rake and scrape or behemoth ass music that more wavy instead of yeah. You know, some more up tempo and campish. Yeah, I I think like I know for me growing up, I had almost a level of disdain for behemoth music just because I didn't understand it. It's uh -huh. nothing more than that. Um, That's most behemoths though, right? Like yeah. being younger, and it's like oh, it's so corny and it's yeah. it ain't cool like rap and it ain't Man. cool like R and B and stuff. Uh, but at my I guess present state is like. It ain't as cool as their stuff, but like it does have things and that artists. that that makes it its own thing. Mm. But now if we could bring like a cool factor, and when I say cool, all I really mean is like a lot of Reagan Strabers heavy satire and like all jokes. Like all we know how to do is crack jokes. Yeah. And it's kinda annoying sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes you want to hear a serious vibe. Yeah. Or at least a not jokey vibe. Or, or maybe even a sexy vibe. But there is no sexy Reagan Strait. Yeah. I mean I think it really is a play on our culture because we don't take nothing serious. So it's like, yeah, you, we physically don't take nothing serious. So why would we take listen what we listen to seriously? I I, I feel and like all we I, do like to do is drink and party. So it's like, oh, 
Whatever, whatever. Oh, you get, I get this. Oh, use a garland. Nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I, 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 think I think it's because the sound of Reagan's Grape, honestly, because Reagan's Grape is a jumpy, up-tempo. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, Grape is a jumpy, up-tempo music, I guess. So I guess. Yeah, but it's a, it's a lot it's of like almost R and B to it. Yeah, but it's suggestive and it's up tempo. It's for the basically. But if you can make it work, then that's yeah. dope. Yeah, like, I just want, and that's a good, yeah, that's a good project to work on. Me, yeah. I like I like sexy stuff. I like mm. smooth. I like sexy. Sometimes I like you know, uh, I guess gutter stuff too. But yeah. my default is <laughs> smooth, chill, and or sexy. So if I could take that to some degree and say, let me inject some of that into it, then. Mm. That's that's the kind of vibe. I mean, like, shout out to Curbside Rockers. They did do a slow Reagan scrape on the show for real, like. Did? No, they, they did. What was like kind of slow? It was well, like, what wasn't it slow? It was rap, but then they was doing like a more slower time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they had a call for it, but right. like naturally they wouldn't like rake and scrape slow. It wasn't. But a, then, it wasn't a fast rake, you know. Yeah, and he mentioned um, Ronnie Butler in one of the vlogs too. Have you ever heard what the God? Oh gosh. Hmm? Here we go. Have you ever heard Water the Garden? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um insert cliff here. <laughs> okay. So basically, you know, with the whole suggestive, I mean, with Ronnie Butler, I guess because he was inspired by other folk and soul music or at that time. Mm-hmm. It his music wasn't as fast in the 60s and 70s. Right. But it was still suggestive nonetheless. Right. Yeah. And then even that is, like I say, uh, almost kind of like my my bad on not being well-educated. Uh, because in the times when it was like, oh, Reagan Strait was so corny, blah, blah, blah. I also hadn't done enough research mm. to some of that stuff that's like, oh, but this version of it is actually pretty okay. I mean... As sexy as what I have in mind, but mm-hmm. it's also not, not corny like yeah. like what a lot of this is like. And I yeah that, yeah a lot of the modern Reagan scrape came. We're probably in the last twenty and thirty years for most of the musicians. If you really sit down and think about it, yeah, because it's like like the biggest box I have. I don't think all that stuff existed before the nineties. To be honest, a lot of it came like nineties coming up probably. Yeah. yeah, so you know. um so, uh, what was <laughs> so after Shmoo Tinks? Because uh-huh. I was like, all right, it would be dope. I guess you know, putting more music around this sort of motif. Yeah, and now you graduate. He ain't no, he ain't no simp no more. He ain't no conk. He's the gallus, <laughs> and he like he telling you come to the yard and showing you the way. All, all day, you know? So, let's talk about... So, would that be a reflection on your growth personally to where you was when you made Sherry to where you are now? Like, as far as my relationships with people? Yeah, or like how you look at relationships, the um, mentality. Not really, you know? Okay. Uh, so, you would say you was, you was displanting and the way... Around Sherry, but it was just Sherry was reflecting at a time before that, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, the way I'd say it is, so it's like Sherry had songs like, well, Sherry had Why. Um, Why is one of my favorite songs to perform, W-Y-I, mm. um, which is pretty suggestive, pretty, you know, mm. intimate, pretty sexy. Um, So it's like... You could always find a space to make sexy music. Mm-hmm. Like, 
depending on the album, almost all, every album needs a sexy song. And that kind of sexy vibe has always existed, even from Sherry. Mm-hmm. Um, but these two songs, like The Way and Desplendent, they kind of like anomalies in the, the, the part of how I like to make music. Not mm-hmm. anomaly as in they sexy, but just like one-off or whereas really just like, oh, we talking about like this vibe and it's not connected to any greater, higher mm-hmm. or, or more expansive thought mm-hmm. like that. Like it's sort of ground level more so. Right. That's okay. the yeah, that's that's a better way to put it. But mm-hmm. not not in a bad way, just like mm-hmm. yeah, this this exists and then that's fine. Now other sexy vibes that may come that may be similar to that would be more rooted or anchored around like a another holistic thought. Okay. Because yeah. speaking of holistic, I also saw you in a video for one of my favorite places, Essential Alkaline, like probably two, three years ago. Yeah. And like, you know, with the hemp oils and things like that. So are you in correlation with being, you know, good with, you know, vegetation art? So would you say like you a vegan, vegetarian? I'm vegan. Uh, I eat fish. Okay. I don't eat chicken, but I'm a roster. Okay. Uh, so I just like in 2015 was like chicken kind of annoying like i just eat chicken every day <laughs> like i just eat almost everything with chicken i never really used to eat a lot of beef um and other stuff so it really was like all right so i could just not eat chicken mm. and then i just ain't eat chicken since then but i'm a roster yeah so take us through home studios how did you come to this idea was this always a thing or um out of necessity and you just was like okay let me push forward with now putting home studios to the forefront um the thing with home studios is more like i just want to make sure i continue to grow my studio brand Mm -hmm. um that's not it doesn't have to be necessarily linked to me but of course Mm -hmm. being i'm very intimately involved in the day-to-day studio operations i'd be a part of it um and it is kind of like a necessity. So eventually I want to have like a, a bigger space, 100% from the ground up, all the works studio, mm-hmm. right? Like fully custom and all that stuff. So this is just a level that we at right now. And we be moving up level after level. So how long did it take you to somewhat like get to this point though? Like for all the viewers out there who may be thinking, Oh well, I can make my own home studio. Oh, that could be too much money at all. Just enough. Yeah. Well, how long did it take me to get to today? Like, yeah, it, it took me all of since I started uh, late twenty eleven. Like, it's a, it's a. Fr- I mean, just building all of this. Yeah, it's like okay. a forever progress kind of okay. thing. Like tomorrow, that could be something else, and then it's like okay, that that changes. Well, maybe the way the room sounds or how we routing audio today so mm. when, I, when i said that that's what i mean like but if you mean operational yeah uh kind of efficiency mm. eh, a couple of years and maybe like two three years so okay it, yeah like to start a, a recording setup have a recording setup is, is simple you could spend four hundred dollars and have a, a decent recording setup mm. but then you could also dive into the rabbit hole of engineering and never be satisfied yeah, because, like, you know, um, I know, I know if you know Todd, Todd Marshall. Mm-mm. I remember I went to his studio and, like, 
he had the works in it like a bass drop or oh, he changed the ceiling because he's an engineer and he changed the floor yep. and he changed this and he changed that and he sealed off this and sealed off that yep. and have all these different things on the wall and I was like yeah I could see how this could be in a great obsession yeah I mean, it's, it's I endless because the more you know then you could just be like oh this ain't good or even with the new like new technology you may oh this better than this okay and I let some years go, okay, I want to do this now or exactly. change this mic or get this board or yeah. add this monitor to this or change this lights to get that. So it's like, it's a constant evolution yeah. type of thing. Because I always say, you know, me being a filmmaker, it's like, bro, cameras are like guns. Like, you know, like- You just you want more. You just want more. You yeah. want this color and put this attachment at this and all oh, this shoot with this and all oh, this get this like this. So it's like, you know, so when it comes to when people- want your services they don't understand the extent in which you have to constantly evolve your skills upskill as well as up equipment yep so when they think oh well you're just recording this oh you're just shooting this but it's like no baby like this stuff expensive you know yeah <laughs> and duty on audio equipment it's, yeah that's crazy it's, it's, it's still too high yeah because <laughs> it's like wait what i brought in i think i brought in some lavaliers recently and it was like, this ain't no, I need this for my, okay, you all have camera stuff duty free. Yeah. But it's like, wait, audio, audio got to go with the camera stuff? Like, <laughs> well, I, I just like, I don't know if y'all are trying to tax the churches or something because they need They ain't taxing the churches. <laughs> no, they tax it because they say a church need like a 16 or 24 output board and that costs a grant. Yeah. You're going to spend like 1600 or spend the next six to clear it. Yeah. So like, you know, and then everybody want to open up a church, so everybody want to board. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, like, are you going to make the camera stuff free, let the audio stuff free? Or some people will let you do it to where if you buy camera stuff with the audio stuff, they make, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up. It, yeah. It don't make sense. Yeah. Right. Because it's like how you want, you, you have to be overall with the orange economy to where it's like, okay, yeah, we got that camera stuff, but... You know, with podcasting, develop, developing, and we want to make more, you know, make more musical artists, make more, you know, live stream gaming and things like that. You need the whole setup. You yeah. just ain't need cameras. You know, you need the lights. You need this. You need that. So, like the kind of mixer that I want, that I think would be at like my last level of studio is like, okay, I can have this mixer for 28 years and I don't need to change it. Yeah. I want to spend at least thirty thousand on it. Yeah. Who paying duty on thirty thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least if you probably have to bring it in on like a freight or something like that. I go in, they bring in that on my back if I could. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like if you put it like if you know someone and they could put it in um one of their containers and just yeah, slip yeah, it yeah. through yeah, or whatever, and you just be like, you know, ah, yeah. ah, ah, but it's a crazy. So what's so, like, what is it like, like, collaborating with Sherwood? Like, because we just saw Ton Ash inside there. Right. Um, I've seen videos of him in there before. So, mm -hmm. like, what's it like collaborating with other artists locally as well as parts? Have you collaborated with people outside of Bombers too? Not really, you know. Okay. I'm not a, well, the kind of collaboration I like to do for my personal music is, like, musicianship collaboration okay so i like to um have ideas start to put them together and then say okay it would be cool if you play bass on this 
Mm. Or if this person does background vocals. Or if we have like this person play keys. That kind of stuff. For whatever reason, when it comes to me writing music, I guess it just feels so personal that I very rarely feel like, hey, I want somebody else to put a verse on this. Oh, what have you... So have you done it for other people too? Or? Also very rarely. Mm. And that's that's probably me being super selfish and not caring about people and, you know, being a, I guess, a standoffish kind of person. I don't know. I mean, it's... You could feel the way because, you know, you haven't found a reason to sort of put some of your soul in a mixture with somebody else's. Right. Like, like it's, it's super, like, the only person that I, I have, I have maybe, I have more than one collaborative song with uh, Zoo. I don't know if you know Zoo. Yeah, I've seen him on the Quarantine Choruses. Right. Man. So, but, like, they even in out. Will they ever come out? I don't know. No. So you sound like you have horse and music that you haven't unreleased. I I got a couple songs, a couple good songs. I got a I got pro- a project. Okay. Because yeah. like I used to see, um, I remember I was on Spaces on Twitter, and and they was talking about <laughs> some artists that like just record music, and never put none of it out. Yeah. Or whatever, and they probably whether they be like it ain't the right time or it ain't perfect yet or yeah. you know they're not confident in it uh, for whatever reason. So I sort of understand, hey, like this is my art. This is because I put a lot of my soul and spirit into it, and yeah. this is personal. So I'm sensitive about my art and how yeah. it's taken. Yeah, and also for me, I just want to be able to enjoy the process of putting it out and mm-hmm. then spend time like with how it is received mm-hmm. that is you put out a song cool um and then the fuck that's my phone <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah like you put out a song um and for me i don't always get to do the due diligence and the marketing all the way like imagine how much better it would be if i could have um already do a video for this plant and like in all its glory or uh, uh, the way and it's just like but i, I got other shit i need to do yeah. um so you could just get the song for right now and then i can see you in the next couple months maybe i mean um yeah i think uh i get i would take most artists especially if you ain't have no financial backing it wouldn't be a rush to, oh, I need to put out a video mm. when you have a long shelf life for the song. Because, okay. Uh, yeah, there's that too. Because it's like you put it out, um, some time pass, and plenty of people know about the song. So if you put a video like out a year later, you give the song new life. life. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, all right. And it's like, oh, I never seen this before, and this and that True. and that and that. So, you know, you can always be patient with yourself that way. Yeah. So what's next for Sherwood Ramen and Home Studios? I won't put out some music. I want to put out some music. If I could just muster the energy to mix the songs that I have, okay. I'll put out some music. Also, if people just throw money at me when they see me, yeah. I definitely like put out some music. Okay. <laughs> um before so how many instruments do you play? Because I seen you play bass or I play electric guitar. I play guitar. Okay. Like, I could say I play guitar uh not super proficient, but like 
So that's something that you just picked up along with your vocal ability or because you say then really wasn't into music before after high school. Right. I learned to play guitar. Um more like coming to watch Sherry Versary actually. Okay. Because I wanted to be able to play and sing. Mm. So this was like, let me just try to stick to this and learn it. And then from there I've been consistent with practice here and there. So I could play guitar. Um I could do the one, two, three on drums. Like I got a, a song or two that I play drums on. Okay. Um, I can play bass, but I like a bass guard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so do you actually see yourself? What's the long term goal for you and your music? Like you're trying to. Well, obviously we coming out of a pandemic mm-hmm. and. Everybody had plans to either, okay, we're going to take this next level and take it to the world type of thing. <laughs> but, you know, that slowed down for the next, I guess, year and a half until everybody figure out this COVID thing. So, so what's your intentions to always, to ever go overseas and, like, go on tour and perform? Yeah. Uh, so, like you say, with the whole pandemic and stuff, that kind of put pauses in a lot of things. So, I wanted to put out a project this year like mm. spring um but then like the way regulations was up and about i wanted to put a project last year mm. spring <laughs> but then that's when you know go with first hit mm-hmm. uh and then with that like i say that to say i wanted to do some things where i collaborate with some event planners and and music creatives uh abroad and just kind of like make a listening experience it, to somewhere else for the music, like, you know, Atlanta or Miami or something, because, you know, the music scenes is just a little different there. Um, so, you know, I want that to be the start of me being able to do a little showcase or a show here and there. And then hopefully that expands into greater and greater. And then, you know, the promoters may call after that. Yeah, because I, I find it, like i always been saying, I find it, it's always... Yeah, people might be like, oh, well, I know. But when you start doing it on your own, that's when people actually buy into your sort of your vision. Yeah. Um, because now it's like, oh, well, they do it on their own. Or now it's like, okay, now I sort of understand or I'm willing to bank on, hey, since they do it on their own, now I could buy into the idea. Yeah, and then- I guess, what can you expect? If you don't believe in yourself and, like, going hard at it, how can you expect other people to buy into it? That's for real. So any last things that you want to leave before we get out of here? This was smooth, real smooth things, <laughs> like cool vibes and all of that. Uh, I don't know. Um, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you listening to music. Yeah. Or come down to Home Studios if you know you want to... Actually, let's get into that before we close. So... You're recording people. And I know you probably come across a bunch of different artists and things like that. So what's your, like, worst experience with working with people? And have you had to tell someone, like, bae, like, you ain't sound solid, dread, Or you just be like, bae, I ain't like, I can mix this for you, even though this ain't sound solid, but you paying though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that happens. That is a part of the job. I feel like I have found ways to tell people that they don't sound very good in the most professional way possible. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like I'm pretty okay at that now. Okay. And it's usually like, do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell you what I think. Blah, blah, blah. 
but as long as you like it, that's the most important thing. Uh-huh. And if we, you know, once we book it, weigh the balance between them liking it and me, the professional, saying what I say, then then we good. No, because you know, you know, a lot of people feel like they're singers or rappers or whatever, and it's like, yeah, not because you see everybody. Because I often think, yeah, bro, like when I went to um, A3C Festival in Atlanta in 2014, I just was like, well, it's easy to be an artist, but like, all you got to do. I went in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go back a couple of times, but I went there and it was like regular people just getting on stage. And I understand the booking process and the networking aspect. And it's just like. I think that's the hard hardest part for people understanding the market and network, which yeah. just comes easy to me. So I'd be like, "All right, now I just need to make the music or whatever." <laughs> so it's like, but I can have one song talking about whatever, whatever. Put the tune over it if it catchy, catchy. It'll go. <laughs> It'll cool. go. So it's like you know, I was like, "Wait, it easy?" But then I was like, "I can't release it up and be like." Yo, I'm gonna go to the mic and then I have to pace through your time and I'm trying to figure out a song and then fall was coming. I can't even get a hook. And I like, yeah, I can be hot, bro. <laughs> I ain't gonna feel like doing that no more. But some people would because it, that's a part of their creative process and that gets them there. So so you gotta understand what's for you and what ain't for you. Yeah, and some people ain't ain't at least I try to remember not everybody is doing music as a profession. Sometimes it's a creative outlet for them. And that's all that matters. Like niggas ain't trying to win Grammys all the time. Niggas just sometimes want one one vent. So they they might not care if they sound good. True enough, true enough. And then again, the audience is a whole different thing, right? That's yeah. a whole different thing. That's <laughs> a whole like, different story. What yeah. I might think is trash. Niggas like. <laughs> oh man. But thank you again for joining us. Sherwood on another illustrious episode of Everything Cool. I really think when people see the cover art, they're going to really want to listen because <laughs> I already have an idea in my head, but I ain't going to say it right now. But you already know what's going to happen. Just just know, it's this planting, not that one. It's this planting. <laughs> so thank you all for watching again and joining us on that, uh, another episode of Everything Cool. I mean, you know, we're going to have Sherwood's details down in the description below. All your, yeah, where people can find you? Sherwood Ramen, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, Sherwood Ramen. You on Twitter? Everything. Not not Twitter. I don't, I don't really tweet. Okay, so Sherwood Ramen, Facebook, Instagram. Home Studios, Facebook, Instagram. And, you know, you can find all this music on Spotify, Apple Music. Is your music on title? Yeah. All streaming platforms, your favorite DSPs. And yeah, we can see y'all next time on Everything Cool. Yeah, you see. My mommy hoping nothing happens to me.